Advanced Principles Podcast, or APP, was created to be an outlet for like-minded individuals to share in the broader conversations on leadership, retail market updates, and incredible personal success stories. On APP, you will hear a collection of stories from the titans of the retail industry, as well as thought and practice leaders covering the spectrum of the economy. Please click the subscribe button and look for the newest episodes to be released. The person at the top of the mountain didn't fall there. And then the end part of it is, okay, where do we go from here? The more knowledge I build in an industry, I'm raising my capacity of knowledge. Now, a lot of individuals, you know, we get enamored with athletes that we see on stage and under the bright lights every single day, certainly, you know, starting the 22nd when the when the, they tip off for their, for their kickoff for their first game, start their quest for the World Cup. I'm going to be an avid fan and I'm going to be enamored with their athleticism and their poise and their charisma and all that kind of stuff. But in the business world, because you do so much work on both sides, what are some of the differences and then therefore also the similarities that you see with high-performing business professionals and high-performing athletes? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question. And really, there is no difference between the two. There, there, there are no difference. I mean, athletes... <clears throat> athletes are on TV and, you know, athletes, you know, there's, there's celebrity to it. And, and, you know, most of us, uh, we work in the shadows and we, you know, maybe our work is less glamorous, but performance is performance, right? You know, at the end of the day, performance is performance and what works in sports in every aspect of life with the corporate life, your personal life. And, and what is it that when I say it works, what works, well, what is it that that that's working? And I would say it's, when you have the right mindset and, and why are, why are athletes successful is because, okay, they have developed habits and routines that when done consistently lead to lead to a level of success. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, Trevor Moad, you know, a co-founder of limitless minds who passed a year ago, you know, one of his favorite quotes he would share with corporate groups is the person at the top of the mountain didn't fall there. Right. And he would say success, he would say success leaves clues, right? So if you were to interview the person at the top of the mountain and say, hey, how did you get up here? And he could probably just say, just look at my path. Look at what I did to get up here, right? And that's the whole idea. The person at the top of the mountain, he or she had to do certain things. Yeah, well, what are those things that they did to get up there? Well, they didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to start climbing. And then nine out of 10 days go, you know what? I'm taking today off. Right. So they developed habits, routines done consistently, which allow us to repeat a certain level of success. And so for anyone in a professional industry, in the sales industry, in the um, whatever field you're in, you all have habits and routines that you do. And some of those are we, we talk about the four levels of competency, um, which is um, unconscious incompetency conscious incompetency, unconscious competency, and then conscious competency. So if we just focus on the top two, unconscious competency is I do things really well, but I don't know what they are. Mm -hmm. they're, my, they're my blind spots. Conscious competency is I do these things well, and I know how I do them well. So yeah, I think athletes do a good job of, of understanding that performance is, is attached to, to habits and behaviors. And if if we take that into our day-to-day our -day lives, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, like, well, what, what are my habits and behaviors? Like, what do I consciously do on a day-to-day -day basis 
that leads to success? And what if I focused on, on, on turning those into repeatable behaviors? Um, and so there are plenty of athletes out there. And uh, it's funny, again, you know, having breakfast this morning with a professional athlete, he's like, hey, some of my guys, he goes, I just noticed that they're off the field stuff is a little inconsistent. I was like, yeah, I mean, sure. That's, that, that's going to be the case. And, and sometimes that, that catches up with you and your professional career. Um, so what I'm always looking at, you know, performance as a um, uh, sort of the longevity of it, is it sustainable? So, so what do I do on a day-to-day basis that I know leads to success? And can I do that in a sustainable way? And I, and I think, you know, top performers have, have realized, right? You, like you probably know that when you wake up in the morning, what do you need to do when you wake up in the morning in order to be successful? Boom, right? When you sit down at your desk for the day <clears throat> to start your working, what are the things that you know that I need to do these things in order to set myself up for success the rest of the day? And so when we start to think about it in that manner, that's what athletes do. And that's how it, it, it translates to the rest of us. I think the other yeah. thing that that athletes are also really good at for the most part is they live in a world where they have to understand that the uncertainty, the un, it's like the uncertainty on steroids, right? You can be a professional athlete and a moment's notice, you could be injured, right? You could be replaced, right? You could be traded, right? You're, all of these things can happen in a split second. So when you, when you get peace with that, with that reality, and here's the thing, that's the reality for everybody. It's just a little more magnified with a professional athlete. But just like no one was kind of cruising along in 2019, planning for a pandemic. Right. And so all of us got to realize really quickly, like, oh, all these things that we thought were certain, they're really not. And so professional athletes, I think, understand that more on a day-to-day basis because every day they're battling for a spot and every day injuries are a real possibility. And every day they could be sent to live somewhere else where they have no choice. And so I think if you can become at peace with that. And so you go, well, how do you become at peace with that? By controlling the controllables. I can control how I respond to situations. So I'm going to put all my time and energy into my response instead of the stress of trying to control the uncontrollables. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Now, when we look at kind of that journey and that, that is a, that's a big mental journey, right? And I, uh, you look at athletes, you look at anyone, there's a lot of the physical fitness aspect, but really in the last five, even I would say 10 years now, a lot of the conversation, a lot of the narrative has shifted towards mental fitness, mental performance, mental toughness, resiliency, grit, all these different words that are being thrown around left and right. And I do think that, you know, especially the way that you explain that with athletes, what I hadn't heard it put that way is your life can be disrupted on a moment's notice, trade notice, whatever injury and so forth is what, what part, you know, because I think, you know, some people hear mental fitness, mental performance, and they think kind of the daily affirmations from old Saturday Night Live skits, you know, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough and gosh, darn it, you know, gosh, darn it, people like me. And, you know, so where, where does that fit in to really getting into mental fitness, mental performance, putting yourself in the right state of mind, controlling what you can control, the acceptance part of it that you spoke so well about. And then the end part of it is, okay, where do we go from here? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, 
we we tend to we tend to treat mental focus and mental performance as uh, as kind of an icing on the cake, right? Like, you know, it, if I am also focusing on the mental aspect, that's just going to help whatever is is already there. And the reality is, is like, you know, when you stand up to go to the refrigerator, right, to get something to drink, does your body stand up or does your mind stand your body up to go get that, to go to the refrigerator? Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, well, no, my, my, my mind is in control of that body standing up. All right. Your mind is in control of everything. And so are we really clear and really intentional on what our mind is doing on a moment to moment basis? And so there's been some great science that's done. And we talk about this at Limitless Minds all the time. But Ryan, did you know that you roughly have, the average human has between six to uh, 7,000 conscious thoughts a day? No, no idea was that many. Average human. And of those six to 7,000 conscious thoughts, 75 to 95% of those thoughts are going to be negative. Hmm. Did not know that either. And 95% of those negative thoughts are going to be repetitive. It's going to be the same stinking thinking over and over and over again. So we make fun of Jack Handy and his daily affirmations from Saturday Night Live. But, But if we all just sit here for a second and go, okay, hold on, wait, four out of five of my conscious thoughts are negative? Yeah. All right. And there's nothing I can do about that? Well, not really. It's just thoughts are thoughts. And we, we've been wired through our evolution to be um, justifiably skeptical and nervous. Safety. All right. So we're surrounded by this negativity. If I let that negativity go unchecked, is that going to help my performance? And the answer is probably no. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. So what, So how do I turn the volume down on this negativity that is never creating stories that are helpful for me? Well, Okay, well, if I'm conscious and I notice my negative, my negativity, if I'm conscious of that, and if I actually get to choose what I'm going to focus on instead, well, then I can be intentional about that. So before your next sales call, Ryan, um, if I said before the call, Ryan, what two or three things would be most important for you to focus on during this call in order to have a good call? And you're like, okay, well, okay, Travis, I'm going to ask good questions. Uh, and I'm really going to listen really clearly um, and ask follow-up questions. Awesome. All right, Ryan, I want you just to focus on those two or three things during that call. Ask good questions, listen really intently and ask follow-up questions. Great. Now you're super talented, Ryan. You could go into that call without thinking ahead and have any intention and still crush it. But if 80% of those thoughts are negative, maybe you're just not locked in today and you go into that call and all of a sudden you're distracted and you're thinking about this client, well, their breath kind of stinks and like, oh, I can't believe my wife said that to me this morning. And I'm like, this negativity is kind of, you might be like, man, that just, that was not a good call. Well, guess what? You got another call. Okay, I got to jump on another call. And so we can choose to be intentional about what we what we focus on. I can't get rid of the negativity, but the but when I take responsibility to focus on what I'm going to try to focus on, it's the same thing I do with athletes, right? So an athlete is out there, per, there's tons of distractions going on around them, 
the thing that makes them effective is having the wisdom and the understanding to know what they should be focusing on. Should mm -hmm. it be a thousand things? No. Should it be two to three things? Probably. If they're thinking about how many people are watching, distraction. If they're thinking about the referee, distraction. If they're thinking about their contract, distraction. The score, distraction. All these things, distraction. Compared to, I'm just going to focus on the back foot of the defender because when he, so that I can sneak behind the back line. I'm going to I'm going to focus on winning as many 50-50 balls as possible and then getting behind and getting shots. I'm just going to focus on those two or three things. Everything else is a distraction. But if I don't have a plan, anything can be a distraction and 80% of them are going to be negative. And so if we just if we acknowledge that that negativity is real and now okay well, i can't change it but I, i'm going to have a plan right a plan so when i describe like what is mental skills mental toughness mental focus right it's here's my physical ability or my physical knowledge right combined with my ability to be engaged in the present moment right wow bring when where where ability and our attention meet is our optimal performance, mm. right? So well the more the more knowledge I build in an industry, I'm raising my capacity of knowledge. I might have all the knowledge in the industry. If I go into a meeting and my I'm distracted and I'm negative and my head's bouncing off anywhere, this knowledge means nothing. But if I go into a meeting and I've got a lot of knowledge and I combine it with, when I go into this meeting, here's the most important things about this meeting and I'm just going to be fully engaged in it. And that's our optimal performance. So improvisation was, I was at my best when I was fully engaged in the present moment, listening and collaborating with the person across from me. Why? Because knowledge and expertise had taught me these are the most important things to focus on. Wow. Wow. That really is well said. So thank you very much for that. And I had the, the pleasure recently listening to one of your team talks with Soccer Resilience. And there's yeah. a couple of things that stuck out on that team talk that I think tie into this is, you know, all throughout life. Listen, I, and I'm guilty of it uh, hundreds, thousands of times of, hey, how are you feeling? You know, you get ready to go in on a sales call with somebody new that you're trained to develop. Yeah. Hey, how are you feeling? Hey, I've been asked how I'm feeling. I remember asking my kids as they were playing in sports and athletics growing up, asking them how they were feeling. I learned through you probably shouldn't be asking that question. So I think that ties, ties into getting them focused, getting them into that moment, getting them intentional. So maybe you could spend a couple minutes talking about that because that that really resonated with me. One is because I've lived the other side of that and been asking people, how are you feeling? Um, so if you wouldn't mind, spend a couple mm -hmm. minutes on that. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll amend that a little bit too, because as you mentioned, so yeah, the question of asking someone before a performance, how are they feeling, is probably not the right question. Because as we as we understand, that feeling is not a predictor of performance. It's not an indicator of performance. Hey, Ryan, how are you feeling today? Travis, I'm, I'm awesome and I'm super confident. I'm going to crush this call. And you don't. Or my Ryan, how are you feeling today? Travis, actually, I'm kind of nervous. This is new information. It's a new client. Um, I'm a little bit nervous about it. And then somehow you crush it. Like, oh, okay, well, well, somehow, sometimes when I'm confident, I do well, but sometimes I don't do well. So we put so much emphasis on asking people how they feel before a performance. So I'm going to amend this, Ryan. So I said, so what I try to do nowadays is I don't focus on how are they feeling 
instead I ask them, hey, what are you focused on? Mm, hey, before okay. this game, hey, what are you focused on today? Before this call, what are you focused on today? And so I just want to amend that to say, Ryan, asking someone how they feel is okay. Hey, Ryan, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm good. I slept well last night. Yeah, awesome. I'm feeling confident. Hey, man, that's great. Most importantly, what are you focused on before this call? So if we really, hey, I'm not going to not ask you how you're feeling. If I want to ask you how you're feeling, that's great. Most importantly, what are you focused on during this call in order for it to And that's, that's going to be more uh, of a predictor of a successful call, is having a clear sense of, okay, it's basically you're asking someone, hey, what's your plan? What's your plan to have a good call? Hey, what's your plan to have a good game? Well, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be really aggressive. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work my butt off, take a lot of shots, win a lot of balls. Awesome. Focus on that. Oh, I try. Wow. To, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be a good listener. I feel really confident about the information. I understand the information, but I'm going to be a good listener. I'm going to ask good questions, really try to understand um, <clears throat> where my client is coming from. Awesome. Focus on that. So if we, you know, again, when it comes to performance, we put so much emphasis on how, how our emotions and our feelings. And it only makes sense that in a, in, when things are important, that there's going to be a heightened level of nerves, fear, um, hesitancy, uncertainty. And if we try to invalidate those or, or actually educate or raise people to think that those feelings are actually bad feelings and that you shouldn't be thinking them, now I'm thinking them and I don't want to be thinking them, but I am thinking them. And now I'm beating myself up for thinking them because I don't think I'm supposed to be thinking them. And now I need to go out there and be successful. Oh, good luck. Wow. But going, yeah, yeah. Actually, hey, boss, or hey, right, hey, coach, I'm actually really nervous today. Okay. Hey, yeah, right. It's a big game. I understand it. Validation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand it, man. That's okay. All right. So, in order to have a successful game today, what what actions, what behaviors do you think you need to focus on? Now their attention shifts from emotions to behaviors and actions. Wow, very cool. So we won't uh, we won't be seeing you uh, in pregame warmups uh, during the World Cup running around. Ask, hey, did you sleep okay last night? Are you feeling and all that? Unless it's to validate it and then quickly shift yeah. to the focus point. I love it. So. That does bring up just such a cool aspect. And somebody that played soccer growing up, um, there have to be, you know, some level of starstruck nature uh, out there. You, you know, you're on the big stage in the big arenas with all the uh, premier players in the world and all the history and everything there. So one, how cool is it just from a fan standpoint and just being a part of it? But but as you go over there, and obviously you can't disclose all your trade secrets, we don't want everyone else to know what you're up to. But what are a couple things that you are going to focus on um, in your role over there and the impact that you hope to have uh, throughout the tournament? Yeah. So I could I could play the total cool route, Ryan, and go, yeah, you know, it's not, I mean, yeah, it's not a big deal. It just is what it is. It's just a World Cup. No. No, I am I am super fan number one. I mean, again, like I think it's kind of silly that uh I, you know, I landed into this gig somehow. Uh, you know, it's a dream come true, it's a dream opportunity. You know, it wasn't it wasn't on my vision board, if you will. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it's a, it, it's funny how it's funny how things work out. And um, so, from an excitement standpoint, and from like, oh my gosh, like I've been watching the national team my entire life, and now I'm 
going to be with them on staff, you know, working a world cup, like that's next level. You're like, okay, where do I go from here? Type type stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I get it. That is super cool. Like, crazy. crazy. <laughs> um, as far as, you know, you know, what's my role and what I'll, what I'll try to be doing over there, you know, with the team and with the players is, you know, I mean, I, I've spent three years, you know, on the staff and when it comes to the players, I've spent three years um, creating relationships with these, with these guys. And, you know, I think at this standpoint, like getting to the world cup has been a journey and there was so much struggle and so much adversity and so much, you know, just getting to the world cup. Right. And for every single player that makes it to makes it to the team, that's a major hurdle. If they are on that roster in Qatar, that is a major hurdle that they've gotten to be there. So like, a, that's awesome on its own. Now, I think from that standpoint on, I think my, you know, the work that I'm going to be doing more than anything is continuing to, to reinforce with these guys, um, uh, you know, that belief and that trust and um, uh, the, uh, the excitement of this is, <clears throat> this is an amazing opportunity and you belong here right? Wow. You belong here, right? Just, just belief validation. You are here for a reason. You're at the top of the mountain and you didn't fall here. Um, and you know, um, you know, one of my favorite, one of my favorite things to whisper in the guy's ears pregame when we're, <clears throat> we're out, we're doing warmups and, um, they take a break and they can do individual stretching. And usually you're just going around and you're just, you know, having these little micro connections with the guys and reinforcing, 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 right? And just one of the things, you know, um, I love to say, I love to say, where else would you rather be? <laughs> yeah, that's a great and one. Where else would you rather be, right? And usually they just get a big smile on their face. And the second one is be the guy, just be the guy you know you are. Wow. Be the guy, you, be the guy you know you are. You don't have to be anything different, right? Be the guy that, be the guy that got you here, right? Don't, don't try to be anything else. Be that guy. And so it's, it's validation that they're there for a reason. They've earned the right to be there. What an amazing opportunity. So just go out there and be you. Unbelievable. Well, there's no doubt they're lucky to have you uh, on part of that journey. And uh, very cool that you acknowledge the coolness of it instead of saying, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just a Wednesday. It's another it's job. Just, it's just another yeah. deal. Yeah, you know. yeah. I'm, you know, yeah. basically going through the McDonald's drive through line on my way home from work anyway. So yeah, whatever. So whatever. thank you for lighting us into the coolness factor <laughs> and being a fan. And I'm sure it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for you as it has through some of their friendlies and other games leading up to it. Okay, yeah. fan, coach, fan, advisor, fan, and all that kind of back and forth. So we'll be cheering you on as you're sitting there and, and executing your role at a high degree. And uh, I, no doubt, I, I'm assuming somebody there is going to be asking you what you're focused on uh, before you get out there and go through the tunnel and everything. So really, really cool. Yeah. And uh, we'll be raving fans over here cheering you guys on, hopefully all the way through the end of it. So I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So I know we're running up on time and I want to make sure and cover a couple more things. One is um, where do people get access to you, right? So you've got a great book. We spent a little bit of time talking about it. I think there's a lot more to unpack about getting unstuck and how important that is because we all end up stuck at some point. Um, but then also you mentioned it a couple of times, your work with Limitless Minds. Um, and oddly enough, a, a player in our space just made a big investment into Limitless Minds. Um, oh, so awesome. it got a little bit of publicity through our trade industry as well as through CNBC. 
Um, and, and so talk a little bit about your role there, um, your book, um, you as a keynote speaker, and just where can people find you and follow you and learn from you? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, my, my company is called Live Yes And. Um, so if you look at anything social media that's Live Yes And, uh, or Travis Thomas, but usually live yes and you'll find you'll find me whether it's Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. Um, uh, my book is called my book is on Amazon, so it's three words for getting unstuck. Words so three words are live yes and. Um, and so yeah, uh, so yeah, please buy the book. I would love it. Yeah, absolutely, it's, it's still there. <laughs> um, and then yeah, with with, with limitless minds. Um, I love the work I'm getting to do with Limitless Minds. I know we talked a little bit about neutral thinking, but mm-hmm. you know, L- Limitless Minds was was founded by Russell Wilson, you know, who's quarterback for Denver, uh, Trevor Moad, who was his mental conditioning coach uh, up until he passed of cancer a year ago last September, mm-hmm. and then Russell's brother and uh, uh, who's Harrison Wilson, and then DJ Eitzen. The two of them um, uh, actually come out of pharmaceutical sales for for a wow. couple of decades. So the four of them started the company together with this idea of how do we take sort of the elite mindset of professional athletes and bring that into bring that into the corporate space, but then bring and just share that, share that with people. Cause again, performance is performance. And so I was doing a lot of work with Trevor Moad when when they started Limitless Minds. And so the natural thing was, hey Travis, well, you know go talk to this company and Hey, do you, so I've been sort of with them from the ground with, from the ground floor. And as, as the company has really grown and continues to grow um, my title is I'm a room tilter, (laughs) which means that I'm a, I'm a keynote speaker. I'm a coach. Uh, There's an app called club limitless um, that you all can download right now and probably see way, way more of me than you would like, but we actually have a team of a team of leadership experts. And so uh um, and so, yes, a lot of companies have, are finding limitless minds and we're, again, we're trying to build that, build the mindset for the individual. And a lot of my work is how do we build that collectively on our teams as well? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, my main work is my individual work, limitless minds. And, um, and then, you know, just uh, whatever, what, what other ever balls I can kind of keep juggling in the air. Yeah. Yeah. You certainly it, have a lot going on. So there, there's a whole new career path that kids are going to start going to school on career day and say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a room tilter. That, that is now yes. going to be a new job title. I can see it at the next career day. And uh, I, you're going to set the world on fire as a room tilter. So I love it. So anything live yes and on all the social media platforms, your book, uh, Getting Unstuck, uh, three words for Getting Unstuck, live yes and available on Amazon. And then of course, Club Limitless is the app and Limitless Minds is the organization that that you're a part of and continue to, to grow with. So that's outstanding. So as we wrap up here, I do have my fast five, uh, five All unscripted right. questions. We're going to maybe it. have a little bit more fun with a couple of these. And um, so I know in, in some of the research I was doing on you, um, there's some great videos out there of you on stage doing your keynote speaking and your collaboration um, and you pull the audience in, which I love because I've sat through a lot of keynote speakers and it's a speaker um, and they're on stage and they got all the big you know, screens behind them and everything, but it's a speaker and you are an audience member. You totally shift that and you're pulling people in and you're throwing them right into an improv set and they don't know what's coming at them. So I'm guessing <laughs> there's been a couple awkward moments throughout your career where you've been up on stage and maybe pulled somebody up that wasn't quite as advanced in their improv mindset as you would have hoped they were. So what, what's one of the more awkward situations you have found yourself in? 
Ooh, uh, man. Um, oof. The, 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 the most recent one, uh, was actually, was actually in, was, was actually in a show. And so, um, all of that to say is that, um, it's, it's, it's actually not funny. It actually has a good ending, but we, we brought someone up out of the audience onto, on, on, onto the stage and didn't realize until after the fact that the scene that we were acting on on stage, this person had lost a family member years ago to a similar situation. Oh, and we didn't know that until, until after the fact. The crazy thing about this entire story, Ryan, is that it was a woman and us bringing her up on stage, she talked to us after. She goes, I realize I need to get out of my comfort zone. And you guys bringing me up on stage reminds me I need to get out of my comfort zone. She signed up for improv classes. Wow, really? <laughs> As a result of that. So we were feeling just like, oh my gosh, we can't believe that we did that. And like, oh, because again, our, our goal is to never, never make anyone feel uncomfortable to the standpoint of, again, information that we had no knowledge of knowing. Um, uh, and then to feel horrible about it, but then to actually, well, actually this might've been a little bit of a blessing. Um, but those things, because yeah, to your point, and again, in my keynotes or in shows, I'm bringing people up on stage all of the time, you know, but, you know, with less serious than that times where I brought someone up on stage and maybe English isn't the first language and English is barely, barely my first language. And so realizing, oh shoot, I brought someone up on stage and they don't really understand what I need them to do. And this might be a little bit rocky. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You got to yes and it and roll with it. Yeah. I was just going to say, but then you're living it out. And it's, uh, to me, it's phenomenal because it ties in what you're doing, what you stand for and what you truly believe in every single time you do that. Uh, and I think it's super cool. So thanks for sharing those, those stories with, and I, there's no, no doubt in my mind that that lady uh, probably grew and prospered from being put out of her comfort, pushed outside of her comfort zone. So that's yeah, great. Yeah. So certainly you were an athlete growing up, um, grew up in Michigan. There's a lot of sports fans in Michigan. You grew, it sounds like you grew up as a sports fan. Um, yeah. So what was that like? You're in, the, you're in the locker room of the story Chicago Cubs, or you're meeting with Georgia football and they're, you know, kind of really resetting the, the table in the SEC. And these other organizations that you've worked with, where's the pinch me moment? Or have you gotten over? Is that, is that now that, that is just another Tuesday. No, that it does. That the cool thing is, is it, it doesn't, it hasn't yet. Um, you know, I think there, there's, there's a lot of just gratitude because, you know, in a lot of ways I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, the, you, you mentioned Georgia football. So um, the reason Georgia brought me in is because because uh, Trevor Moad was their mental conditioning coach. You know, he was mm -hmm. at Alabama. And then when Kirby went to Georgia, he went with Kirby to Georgia. And Trevor's like, hey, man, I want you to come in. And so for, I think, five years in a row, Kirby had me in talking to the football team on day one of camp. Now, I haven't been in there in a couple of years, but it was, it was I think, five years in a row. And I remember one of the times, Ryan, is <clears throat> so these big football teams, right? So first day, right? It's the first day of preseason camp. They go into their their big theater room, their team room, and 70 guys in there, giant guys, right? And Kirby comes in like he's the president, right? He's got two guys on, on either side, boom, boom, it's business. Hey, Travis, good to see you. Boom, 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 boom. He goes in, they close the double doors. I'm standing outside the double doors with some other coaches. And all of a sudden, you can hear Kirby talking to the team. And you hear guys like, oh, oh, oh. And I'm just like, oh, it's like going, okay, all right. I've got to go talk to those guys. 
And all of a sudden I hear Kirby going, I'm getting ready to bring in this guy. He's one of the best in the business. Da, 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 da. He's like, he's, he's like firing me up. I was like, all right, it's go time. It's go time. It's like, you know, it's like, woof, those doors open. Like he's, they swing the doors open and there's 70 big football players that are like, you better, you better be able to, to step on stage and, and, and bring it. And um, so those moments, those moments, I still get, you know, just uh, uh, the excitement, the butterflies that they're like, oh yeah, this is, you know, this is where it's at. Similar with the national team, right? Going and, and, and doing some of these team talks with the guys a few times. I'm like, man, I'm like, these are the guys that like, I've been watching on, you know, it's like, oh, this is awesome. But, but then I think, you know, that's, that's the authentic belief in yourself, right? To be like, oh, like, they're not asking me to go up there and, uh, and talk about ge ge geometric equations, right? I'm going up there and I'm, I'm talking about the thing that like I've been dedicating my life to, right? These ideas and these concepts, I'm like, this is so authentically me. So just go up there and, and, and be me. And yeah. um, hopefully that authenticity comes through. I love it. I absolutely love it. So uh, as we talked about published author, books on Amazon, three words for getting unstuck, live yes and. So tell me about that first moment where you saw that book somewhere, either somebody reading it on the shelf for sale as you're passing through an airport. What, what did that feel like? <laughs> well, the, the interesting about that is, it, you know, I, so I self, I self published the book, right? Okay. So no publisher came along and said, Hey, Travis Thomas, we think you have an interesting story. Didn't happen. Uh, no one paid me in advance to write this book. I wrote this book on a women of prayer. Wow. And um, it was like, I knew I'd wanted to write a book and I actually had faced some disappointment. Uh, I was at IMG and, and something, a gig didn't work out. Actually, I was supposed to talk to the national team at the time. Uh, this is like 20, this would have been 2015, uh, uh, January of 2015. And um, I was supposed to talk to the team. It didn't work out. I was kind of bummed. And um, I had a conversation with a parent. He's like, you need to write a book. Like what? He goes, yeah. He goes, you're not going to be at IMG long. He goes, you need to write a book. And I was like, yeah, actually, right, right. I've been wanting to write a book, and it clicked in that moment. Like I didn't have live yes and, but I'd been doing, I'd been doing this, and I was like, all right, I want to write a book that talks about performance from the standpoint of these improvisational principles. So I started writing the book that day. So on the day of the disappointment wow. of not of, of of not getting to talk to the national team, is when I started writing the book. And what's the cool thing? is that that book that I write and I, and I, it comes out in 2016. Well, 2019, I send it cold as a cold copy to us soccer, Carol Greg Berhalter. <clears throat> and he gets it. Like I said, he gets it. He reads it. He likes it. And he calls me and says, Hey, I think I've got some work that you might be interested in. The whole reason I wrote the book is because I didn't get to speak to the national team four years previous. So I write the book and the book is the reason that I end up getting hired by the national team coach to work with the team, not just come in and talk to them once, but to be their leadership and team dynamics coach heading to a world cup. And so that's less of a moment, but I, I think back to Ryan of like, holy cow, like the, the door closing is the reason that I wrote the book. And again, I wrote a book that no one was asking for. <laughs> and it's the book that gets me the job with the national team. And so um, if I never sell another copy, the book did its job. Yep. That is definitely living. Yes. And yes, I'm faced with this disappointment. I accept it. I didn't get the conversation I wanted to. 
and now I'm going to write a book and it's eventually going to lead me to all of this. So that is just, what a cool story. What a super cool story. So you did talk a little bit about it when, um, with your family and, and kind of, you know, the little, the pity lap that you talked about them having. So with your mindset and, you know, we all kind of ebb and flow in and out of our professional and personal life and they intertwine every step of the way. Do you, do you, does your wife or your kids, do they ever look at you and say, dad, stop. I don't want you to be my performance coach. I just, I don't want to, ju I, I just don't want to yes. And right now, you know, give me some space. What is it? What are those conversations like? Uh, I can go back to my daughter, my uh, oldest daughter. Um, she's 21 and probably when, I don't know, she was probably 13 or 14. She pulled out on me one day. Hey dad, for someone who teaches yes. And you sure like to say no. <laughs> oh that's good that's golden that's that was good. that was that was pretty humbling i could bring my 15 year old son in here which i won't but i could bring him in here right now and i could say all right shepherd dad's message go and he would sit down he'd be like all right hey everyone uh you need to be neutral and you need to say yes and and so they could mock me um all day because man you know do they hear it all the time and what i try to do though ryan is i try to <clears throat> I try to share it and preach when I'm working and with them, I'm like, all right, like I'm going to um, uh, let them take the lead more and, uh, and try to model the behavior, especially the, the, the ideas I share with parents, which is like, Hey, like do more listening than talking. And, uh, and so hopefully through osmosis, they have picked up the good stuff. And then I, I can just be there uh, and hopefully be a supportive presence as a parent. Yep. Love it. Absolutely love it. So last one. And um, so obviously you work with a lot of athletes. It's walk up music has just taken on a life of its own now. You know, the songs that athletes, especially baseball players are playing. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I'm an avid golfer. So now at the TPC Waste Management Phoenix Open, they have walk up music when they go to the 16th tee box. So what's your walk up song? Yes. <laughs> Um, I've had to do that a few times for, okay. for, for keynotes, for keynotes. Um, here's an unconventional one I've done just because we were so infatuated with it for like three years. Um, I, I could easily pull out nowadays from the Hamilton musical one shot, right? Okay. And so you only get one. Yes. Um, or, um, you know, or, or my shot, I guess is what it's called. Uh, because, you know, it's like, I'm not throwing away my shot. And it's like, we listened to that darn musical on repeat for like two or three years. I know the entire musical by heart, but like when it comes to like, yeah, like every, every part of that song is like, Hey, you got, this is the opportunity. You're going to take it. You're going to take it. You're going to take it. And every time I step on stage, it's like, take a deep breath. I say, not my will let thine be done. And it's go time. So, you know, wow. take my shot. Yeah, very cool. Well, Travis, thank you again for all your time today with all that you have going on and all the work that you're doing. I really appreciate you carving out the time to be a guest on that. And uh, I really, I, I know that so many people are going to take so many great lessons away. Um, you know, at some point in time, when you come back after you've done your World Cup trophy tour, um, let's do it. Then, yeah. Uh, you know, we'd love to have you back on and talk to you a little bit more about the experience while you're over there. Um, so Travis, thank you again for all your time. I've really enjoyed the conversation. No, my pleasure, Ryan. I, I appreciate it. Let's do it again in the future. All right. Sounds good. Travel safe over there and best of luck to you and the team.